Here is part two of Jamas Vu. Oh, I saw a comic about that word. Um, what, what is it? Like XYZ or whatever? XYKCD? Yeah. X, yeah, wherever it is. Um, where someone was like, oh, yeah, I got a new Casper mattress and it works well. Oh, really? That's cool. And then like went into... And to hear more about it, go to www. and like plugged his podcast. And he's like, I can't help it. Like anytime I talk about mattresses, I have to also talk about podcasts, <laughs> and which is really interesting. But mm. um, the association within the brain, in and of itself, is so interesting, and how it it has separate concepts for the word and how it's written and all of that as the concept of the. And then the actual meaning behind it is it, it must be separate in the brain if the two things can be disassociated that way. I think they start out separate, but then they get more connected over time. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think that's kind of like habits. I think that's how like habits work in general. Like uh, I think we built a habit of recognizing words. And it's like there's, there's a, like a line in neurology, which is, neurons that fire together wire together so this has been done so so much that essentially Mm -hmm. these things were two separate things to begin with but now they're kind of like one automated process so classical conditioning essentially yeah yeah if you your mind naturally wants to associate things when they happen together as being together yeah and then you start linking the, the sensation or the perception of that thing to the underlying concept mm. and this perception of that thing also also extends the context of that thing it's like there's a lot of words out there which have double meanings mm. like a uh, bad example but bitch like you you read the word bitch in some context where someone's calling someone a bitch let's say it's to a man you know that has a certain kind of meaning it brings up a whole another concept in if it's to like a woman or if someone's talking about dogs, like there's three different concepts there and you don't have to think about them usual, mm-hmm. usually, unless you're not familiar with that, in which case you have to think about it a lot. But for me, it's like, I came across like a, a reading and I don't see the word bitch referred to, to with dogs too, too much, but I've seen it enough where I realized like, like I didn't have to make that association. I just read it as dog. Like I understood. I didn't think, oh man, they're talking about something weird here. Oh, huh, they said the word bitch. This is kind of just natural. Mm. Well, that's because you're not a dogologist. A dogologist? If you were a dogologist, you would need to, you would hear the word bitch all the time. That's true. That's true. But I haven't heard it that much, but it's a natural association in my brain now. Like I don't have to be a dogologist to have that association. Mm. And some of the other associations we make, which is a little scary, it, it's like our, our brains are crazy, crazy good at pairing two things together. Mm. There's, there's actually a hypothesis out there, which is that so they find that people who tend to be more intelligent have greater levels of anxiety and uh, st- stuff like that. And the explanation behind that is that people who are like intelligence is often linked with pattern matching and kind of that's linking two things together. And what happens is that these people, they'll just link two things that actually aren't causal and then things will reinforce that. And then they they get stuck with bad patterns. Mm -hmm. So people who tend to be more intelligent tend to be more anxious. You know, what's wild about anxiety is a lot of times you're pairing together two things that don't have any reason to pair them together the reasons to pair them together happened in the head to begin with which is wild 
like uh, I, I can't really think of any examples, but let's say um, someone doesn't want to have to doesn't want to go go to the store because for whatever reason they associate it with uh, being yelled at. It's like that never ever happened in your real life, but with anxiety it creates these ideas in your head like what if like this could happen, and that bond can happen so much that all of a sudden it's paired to the point where you, now you're like if I go to the store I will get yelled at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of, it's like there's a sandwich there, like a sandwich between the action or the, the thing leading up to it and then the actual like thing you want to avoid. And then what anxiety will do is take like what's the sandwich in between there and just kind of put it right next to each other. It mm. gets rid of the filler. Yeah, it's, it's wild to me that the brain is so efficient at fucking you over. Yeah, very, very efficient, especially in the modern age. Uh, Actually, here's one good example, which is not anxiety related, but good example or pairings is uh, so imagine that you you eat some great pizza, right? So you eat some pizza and then there was something, not the pizza, something that made you sick and you just happen to get sick and you start throwing up and all this kind of stuff. Maybe it was something you ate like three days ago and it just now is making you sick. Like your, your body was trying to process it, but your brain is going to see what made you sick as being the pizza, not mm-hmm. not the thing that actually made you sick. Because it's essentially just saying, I ate this pizza, I got sick, therefore it must be the pizza. And there's certain things where if you get super sick from that, your brain will like associate just that those two things together and you can't unassociate that. Like there's been a few things I've gotten sick with and I can't eat that thing anymore. Mm. Like Vodka. <laughs> not a big fan of vodka because he puked because too many times have i been way too drunk on vodka mm-hmm. and your brain just associates that naturally you didn't have to think oh god is this kind of like Ugh. yeah no i well i mean i know with alcohol like if you drink too much no matter what that's going to be the effect but it has such now it has such a, a standoff to it in general that it immediately associates it with it to the point where even tasting it, I feel like I'm going to get sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's super interesting. Mm. And it's kind of weird how like the brain will prime you for those emotions you're going to feel, mm. like even before the the things actually happen. Like you feel sick even before you're sick. Mm. It's fa- definitely fascinating to think that your brain's constantly doing stuff like that too, and constantly preempting things that may or may not happen. You've probably already thought out all of the aspects of how it could happen. Mm-hmm. Something like, I don't think people get enough recognition for how much thinking they do. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of basic people out there. I'm going to call them basic because they don't seem like they have too much depth and too much like knowledge and stuff. But it's like you start talking to them and you start really kind of like delving into their, their thinking. And they've already done all the thinking for like, they've already all, they've already done all the thinking and they've just come to these kind of different paths and scenarios like they 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 are already kind of set in stone Mm. and it's it's not that they don't think it's that they've already thought like they've already thought about the possibilities and how to handle those possibilities i mean not in all the cases but it's like it's like people think that people are dumb but they're not dumb it's just that they've already weighed out all the complex options and maybe they're making up some answer in the in the in the uh in the forefront so it's it's like Okay, this is this is gonna get too a little controversial here, but there's a lot of people who stay in two religious communities, and you know people think they might be smarter, like too smart for say Christianity or for whatever religion they're in, and that they should not be doing it. 
and you might talk to them about it and you might think they're stupid because you're responding to them with like say logical arguments or arguments against it and they don't have good responses but the thing is they're not stupid they've already done all the calculations in their head and maybe it's not relating to exactly to christianity or the thing at hand but they're doing all the social calculations they've already done that they, they already know that if they were to lead their religion they might have a huge issue with their family huge issue with their friends they already have this established base this community they're in there's all these different aspects to that and these persons already thought about that all the calculations and stuff and maybe they're just kind of giving giving these non-answers like kind of unconsciously about whether to do it but you talk to people about these kind of things and actually like get in depth into it there's a lot of like logic and stuff that goes on to it and it may not pertain to exactly what you're talking about which is why these conversations never go very well because it always gets sidetracked in different things but it's it's kind of there like people i think are far further than people give credit for mm. I, I feel like it's very limiting to think so in in depth about a lot of things like that though um and though i i'm i'm cursed with overthinking myself as i'm sure most people feel they are it's i, I think that to be able to not consider all of the options and instead just let whatever happens happen and react in that moment that's a much less limiting way because if you've already thought about all the things and then either a something happens that you were expecting so you have this pre-made answer that maybe isn't the right the right call because you've thought about all these other things or something happens that you weren't expecting and now you're completely panicked like both of those are, are negative outcomes to having already tried to think about what may or may not be the outcome when there's an infinite amount of possibilities I mean, that that's the rebuttal to that, but the idea that people don't have some sort of logic or they haven't thought about that, mm -hmm. that that's what I'm challenging. And there, there's definitely limitations to that, but it's also, there's also benefits because it's like my I myself, like one issue I have is you might ask me a basic question and I have to process that. Like, I'm not very good on my feet. I, I can be in certain circumstances, but in many circumstances, like I, I'm, I, I can't like actually like think and think as I go. Like I have to extend out the, the thinking. I have to mm -hmm. turn it into a conversation. It, it's a big issue I have with confrontation because if, let's say, this happens sometimes. So let's say my boss comes to me and he talks to me about some sort of problem and he just starts addressing the problem with myself. I haven't thought about that at all. And for me to start talking about it then, like I, I know I'm either going to start making everything up. Like I don't know what I think about this issue. I don't know whether that's a pro actual problem. Like, And I'll start thinking after the fact. And... So, so for me, I'm a very kind of reactionary thinker, or I have to be proactive if it's a circumstance that I find myself coming into. Mm -hmm. But some people, they just come up with stuff on the fly. Like, they're very good about thinking on the fly like that. Like, if you come to me about some issue that you have with me, like, I'll ask a bunch of questions, but I don't know what to, how to respond to that. I don't know if it's true. I don't know whether those accusations are, like, right or wrong, mm. unless they've already done thinking on it. Mm. I think that... A lot of times if you like, let's say you ask somebody about a thing and like you're saying that it's they they've clearly already thought it out because they can give you all this rationale of why I think a lot of times people are thinking about things like in subconsciously and when they are finally articulated, they're able to they are even realizing, wow, I've been I really have actually thought this out. But in reality, they haven't. It's kind of just like they're recalling subconscious stuff that they did weren't actively thinking about like it's less that they they're thinking about this thing and really coming to a rational conclusion and more that in the moment they're 
thinking about it and coming to a rational conclusion. Yeah, that, that's me a lot. I, well, I'm very aware of my subconscious processes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I kind of know what my brain's thinking about a lot of times. And a lot of times I have, like, these semi-thoughts that I don't, they're not realized fully into my, like, my conscious brain. Like, I can't actually vocalize them, but I know they're there. Like, an instance is from the other day. I was talking to somebody about uh, uh, something with Kotlin. So, so Kotlin is like a programming language and Android and how uh, I, I don't know where I came up with this. I, I know where I came up with it, but I, I put forward the idea that I think Google it, well, Google is going to go on to the next thing. So they're going to move on from Android and they already have like the next project released. And I think they're going to do something with, uh, with Kotlin, which is a new kind of language out there. Right now they're using Java and they're going to... They're essentially going to launch something which will be compatible with iOS and Android. It's going to make some sort of program, some sort of tool where that's really easy to do because that would give them a lot of traction and so on. So, so I have many reasons for that. Not, not something I really thought about consciously before, mm-hmm. but as I was saying it and getting in that thought, it felt to me like a thought that's just kind of happened out of the aether. But I, I kind of remembered all the little times and all the little formations that led up to that thought. Mm. Like I had been thinking about this for a little while now. But it's just now that I'm vocalizing that thought and kind of like understand it's bring, being brought to the surface. Mm. So it's kind of it's kind of like uh, like like Jamie's vu in a way that it's it feels like a new concept even though you know that you've been thinking about it for so long. Oh, geez, that's kind of matter. Oh, shit. yeah, I know. I just Jamie's vu myself because clearly I've been thinking about how to connect this this whole time. Hold on a second, because that that's very interesting. So. Yeah, it's something that feels familiar because I know I've been thinking about this, but it feels new as well. My God. Yeah, I'm good. Fuck. Okay, well, we just have to end right there. Right? I mean, I guess. Can we, can we, can we top that? Um. So I released an album in 2017 oh. that you actually produced, and I titled it Jamais Vu. Yeah. The idea behind that being it, it's a rap album. It's uh, not particularly great, um, but I I think it's I think it's much better than let's say the last rap you heard from me, um, which was really bad from back when I rapped on a forum. Um, so I, I've I've come a long way. It's not something I do all the time. So it's it's one of it's just one of my like background passion projects that I do. Um, but the the whole concept behind calling it Jamais Vu is that. It takes a lot of the old school styles and changes them into kind of my way of 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 repeating those styles. So it has a lot of a lot of biggie, but it also has a lot of kind of the new newer stuff where it's it's a little bit faster, um, and it has a lot of depth in uh, in lyrics, and that's really where my biggest focus is. So it's something you've you've heard before, but it's absolutely brand new. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, also, I love the album. Uh, I mean, I help produce it, of course, so I, I have some sort of natural inclination to it. But mm-hmm. the, the songs are legit good. Like mm-hmm. the some of the rhymes and words in there. Like uh, I think my favorite probably is uh, what's it called? It's 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 the uh, the quick one. Spitfire. No. The quick one. Memories. Take a bow. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, so there's one song. I. I <laughs> He said one word. And I'm like, oh, I know that one. <laughs> so, so there's one song I really like called Take a Bow. It's, it's very kind of fast, but it's super like heady, like very intelligent. Like, like it's, it, I, 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 
the song just kind of elicited, elicited something for me. And also Spitfire is really good too. Uh, there's, you just kind of shrugged. Yeah. I don't know. I'm super critical. Uh, I think it's good for a white boy from Maine. Um, and that's about it. Uh, so, so I'll be honest. One song that I really like, but I also don't think came out very well is, um, it, it, I don't think it was actually on the album. It was the, the drug one where it's like you go to a party or something and get drugged out. Yeah. I removed that from the album. Yeah. I shrunk the album down significantly. It was like 14 songs and now it's like five that's that song it's like when we're recording it i loved it it was super like great but then when i listened back to it i'm like mm. uh, it's a good concept but it didn't match very well yeah the lyrics were really good so, so, stuff was really good with it but it just didn't naturally pan out and that was very that was very biggie in concept because it was telling it was telling a story in with artful lyrics um which i always loved about about Biggie Smalls. I think Tupac did did an amazing job. Like Tupac told a story like nobody else. Biggie had this really natural, like really, uh, really good flow that I, I, I enjoy. But he, he also has a way of phrasing things. Um, like at one point he says that he like popped open a briefcase and all he saw was Franklin faces. So he didn't say $100 bills, but you know what he's talking about. And, and it rhymed with what he was saying. And it just, it flowed so perfectly and it made you think for a second. Instead of just saying $100 bills, you're showing, not telling. You're showing what he saw was Franklin's face and what that meant to him, um, which was more than just $100 bills. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's what I was trying to go for was to tell a story in an artful way. Um, but I just I don't think that the the delivery uh, was what it needed to be and and probably will never be because I don't think I have enough dedication to that to – push it to where it could be if I wanted it to be. Yeah. We could actually go like a whole subject about that because I have a strong history of starting endeavors into things and getting mediocre and not pushing past into like the, the like being really good. Mm. Like I've done animation stuff. Like I think I got pretty decent with animation. Like I, I produced some pretty good stuff like for what I was, for who I was, but it, I couldn't put in the extra time to take it to like, like uh, greatness or like a professional level. Like I was a good amateur or decent amateur, but not like a great amateur. I think you and I are alike in the sense that we both are very, uh, very good at learning um, and picking things up and then applying that knowledge. Um, And we're very good at if we want to make something happen, we can make it happen. Um, but I think that we're also very fragmented in our desires and what we want to do. And a lot of things pique our interests. And because of that drive, we follow all of those threads instead of mastering one thing and sticking with one thing. We want to do so many things and we end up doing so many things that it, it fragments our time. Very true. It, it's like, yeah, that's often what happens like i got really into guitar and started getting really good with guitar or as a pretty decent with guitar but then my focus became on recording and then so it took away from guitar and now you know i was playing guitar with that but uh now my thing is recording getting good at mixing getting good at production and kind of then composition and it's kind of like i started working on the things beyond that but i never got like super great at guitar i'm decent at guitar but i'm not like great now if i put the work into guitar i could get really good at it but yeah, yeah. I, I just start going off into other areas or 
I was doing drawing for a bit, so I got pretty decent with drawing. But then I'm like, oh, okay, animation. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, music. Oh, okay, programming. Oh, okay, let's do bass. Oh, okay, let's do this. Mm. Now podcasting. So it's like I get decent, but yeah, never, never great because it's fragment everywhere. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's it's great that you're you can ex- do something and do it good, and then uh, move on to something else that piques your interest and continue to to grow in that way. Continue to 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 find things that you like and pursue them and get decent at them. I think it's it's awesome because at any point you could be out and about and just pick up a guitar and start playing. Like that's a really cool skill to have. You don't mm. you don't need to be the the You'll never, you'll probably never be in a situation where you need to play guitar like insanely good, but you'll probably be in a lot of situations where you could pick up a guitar and everybody will think you're insanely good because of the skill you have in comparison to the context in which you're using it. That's true. That's true. Like I want to make myself, and I'm aware of this in myself, so I actively do this. I try and find as many things as I can get reasonably good at as possible so if i'm ever in any situation i'll be reasonably good at that situation so if i ever go out to karaoke i want to be just good enough at singing to not be embarrassing i don't want to be great at singing because that was going to take a lot of work Mm. but i want to get 40 percent of the way there and be reasonable yeah 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 It's, it's pretty easy to make those gains too i mean if you're somewhat competent with learning and we pick up on things fast so if you're somewhat competent, like making like getting up to like a C is not too not too hard. Mm. Getting from a C to a B though, that's really tough. Mm. And getting from a B to a B plus, very tough. Yeah, yeah. It progressively and exponentially gets harder and harder to to improve on those those small percentages as they go up towards a hundred. For sure. It's especially true with like uh <laughs> it's especially true with like music and guitar, because it's like I've learned about what these people do to actually get to where they are. Some people are just naturally kind of gifted, you know, like they don't need to practice that much. Like, uh, but most people, like how much they practice guitar, it's hours and hours a day. Like there's a, a regimen out there, which is like the eight hour guitar workout. And it, it's a bit, you know, tongue in cheek in a way, but it's also legit because they say if you want to get really good at your instrument, practice like at least three hours a day mm. and then just practice these songs nonstop. And this is why they're so good. This is why they're playing flawlessly and perfectly and why they're coming up with these great things and why they have such a deep understanding of what they're playing. But do I want to do that? Mm. Do- I wonder how much of the capacity to learn new things uh, and compare that to the old things you already know um, actually like overlaps, like your ability to apply said knowledge um, in the sense that you're learning something new but it, it feels like something you already know. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I, I remember this feeling of starting something new and how hard it is. But I know that in X amount of time, like I'm going to have completely encompassed everything I wanted to learn already. I wish it was like that. I mean, maybe some people feel like that. But it's like uh, I've done programming before. Uh, I've released one of my apps. I'm making another app. And it's there's things that should be pretty easy but i'm having a hard time with and i just like i know that i can get past it like this is what i keep telling myself like what i'm experiencing is these things aren't familiar so they seem super convoluted 
it seems super convoluted and kind of like pointless and why am I doing it this way? Why do I have to do this? Why do I do that? Like, this is really confusing. Why Why did they design it this way? Like, I know at the end of this, I'm, it's just a familiar or anything. I'm not familiar with these systems, so I have to like, warn them. But it's like during that time, it's like, fucking God, Christ. And then I smash my head against the wall. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I learn new things. It does explain all the holes in your walls. You're not getting your security deposit back. <sighs> Fuck. But it's probably worth it because, like, for that moment, you don't have to think. You just think about how much your head hurts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just think that learning in and of itself can be uh, transposed across different um, mediums. So learning, like, just because, like, you you learn guitar and you know that you're going to you've you've seen yourself get to X level, and you know that when you're learning a new program. It's going to be the same in a sense. It's going to be the same in the sense that it's going to start off difficult and it's going to get easier and easier and then it's going to get really, really hard because then you're going to hit something that's like, is this worth the amount of time I'm going to, it's going to take to put in to get over that hurdle? And sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no. Yeah. And I think you have to be very sensitive to when you're learning something new because you have to get into the right community or you have, you have to understand what you're getting into because if you go to the wrong place, like you're gonna get really confused. Mm. Like with guitar, for mm. instance, like uh, you can get into certain kind of communities where they talk very, uh, like they talk like musicians do. Like, oh, this is a C, ma- C major nine over a uh, blah, blah, blah. And then you do mm. this, that. Like they talk about in these like extremely kind of complicated ways. And I've got the vocabulary now to understand what they mean. And I know, because when we were talking about music, that's how you talk. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I hold my fingers like this to make this noise. But you got to know, like, where to go to learn. Because if you go to those places, like, you're, in a, you're just going to be really confused. But if you go to, like, a, a better place to learn, like a place which is more friendly to, be, to beginners, mm-hmm. or maybe a place where they are catering to beginners, then that's that's makes it a lot easier. So it's maybe not a better place to learn in the sense that the first place is a bad place to learn, but a better place to learn given your current status and skill set. Yeah, yeah. So a better place for you specifically to learn what you need to learn at the level you're at. Mm-hmm. One thing I think I've learned, this is to kind of help your point, is that everything is kind of like learning a new language and it's identifying the different components of that thing and how to interact with those components. So it's like uh, with guitar, there's the components of like, you know, hitting the, the, the uh, like fretting so something. Oh, never mind. So Talk about different things. Components of like, you know, fretting and then hitting the thing and doing these different things. Mm-hmm. And then you put those together and you start making music and you have, you know, uh, tabs, sheet music. And then you kind of go on with theory. So you start laying things on top of that. And what you're learning is partially the technique. So there's like the physical component, the actual technique of it. But you're also just learning the language and how to actually like uh, conceptualize those things in your head. When you learn a new language, like say Spanish or French or whatever, you're learning the sounds and the actual kind of technicalities, like how to say these things or how do you write these things. And But you're also learning the conceptual thing. So what these things mean, the grammar behind it, how things fit together, the mm-hmm. logic of things. And programming, kind of the same thing. You're trying to learn not just the, the language, but also how the language can be used and structured in these different ways. Like with music, like people don't think about music and like 
there's a lot of structure to music. So like one thing with melodies is you have like a like a question, then the answer. So the question is like, uh, do do. So that's the question. Then there's the answer. Do 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 do. So that's like the answer to that. So there's a question part and there's an answer, but that's like a higher level concept. But then you start learning that language and you start going on with that. Mm. Like, it takes a while to learn. So, so I I think that's one thing that I realized. Like, when I get interested in anything, it's just getting that familiarity and also just learning that thing. Because, like, any expert talks to each other, like you're in a business context. There's all these like words they're using, right? All these, this lingo stuff. And if you're, if you're not, if you don't know the language yourself, the language you're speaking, then you don't know how to talk to them. You don't know what's going on. Mm. Unless you're really good at conceptualizing, in which case you can uh, take what they're saying and try and draw from the context to figure out what they actually mean. And I think I, my brain excels in that aspect that I'm really good at faking it. <laughs> if people... If people are talking about something that's over my head, I'm able to understand it on a conceptual level to understand what they're actually saying a lot of the time. I mean, obviously, that's not across the board, but uh, I'm good at at least looking like I know what I'm talking about, even when I have no idea. Yeah, I, I'm not very good at looking like I know what I'm talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of I am, but uh, it's like the strategy I've adopted is just asking questions. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's a great strategy. Because it's like, what happens in my brain a lot of times, it's like I get like a scaffolding. So like I'm at point A, then like, where, why am I at point A? Where should I actually be? Where actually am I? And then I start building like the scaffolding, like what would be to this point or what would be like, it's like where I am. And then I try to like build up the logic as to, this is not making any sense, but. No, I'm lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get it. (laughs) See, that's how it's done. But this is part of the issue just with communicating ideas in general. Mm. And sometimes we have a familiarity with the idea in our head, but actually expressing that idea is really tough. And that's not really connected to Jama's view, but kind of is in a way. I, I think it is. And I think it kind of connects to the the whole concept like that. I know every time we have so many freaking episodes out there. We've been doing this, what, three and a half years, two and a half years. I don't know. It's It's a long time. And... At this point, every time we talk about something, it feels like Jamais Vu. Because I'm like, I know we've talked about something similar to this before, but this is also a new topic. So, like, we're always tying it back to things. I think it's the natural inclination to tie things back to things that you are familiar with to make that association. So, in a way, everything is Jamais Vu because it's how does it connect to things I already know. Yeah. Just like everything's a sandwich. Everything's a Jamais Vu sandwich. Yeah, things feel from, oh, sandwich. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you want to get in on the sandwich. Buy some bread. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're trying to plug our social media, but we already did that probably in the last episode. I was just trying to get a reaction out of you. I'm sorry. Uh, well, it works. <laughs> but if you want to listen to other podcasts, we have a podcast network. It's called Podcast NH. Podcast NH has some of the best podcasts you would ever get in New Hampshire. Also, there's other podcast networks we have in our network now as well. Absolutely. And if you want to find out if your state has a network yet, go to podcastusa.org and go to the Find My State section. You'll see which ones are currently up and running. 
and which one still needs somebody to take hold and make it happen. We're looking for you. Even if you don't want to be in charge of it, just knowing you have interest, uh, I can reach out and I can find people who want to be in charge of your network. And let me tell you, being a part of a network is huge for growth, uh, both of the content of the show itself and in your listenership. Highly suggested. PodcastUSA.org. And until next time, guys, you definitely have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. Um, I hope this feels familiar, but not too familiar, because then it, if it feels familiar, but, you, you know, it's, it's unfamiliar, it's Shama's View. This is what the episode's about. Oh, that reminds me of uh, the opening song from The Long Winters but, uh, for um, we, My Brother, My Brother and Me. It, the lyrics go, it's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too not familiar. What? It's a new day need to talk hi i'm hannah and i'm courtney and we'd like to introduce you to damn you diary a podcast that chronicles our epic attempts to squash bad karma and tell you stories of our seemingly mundane lives you can find us at podcastnh.com or on our website at damnyoudiary.com cheers and here's a song that i brought during the episode it's by meter it's called take a bow off shama's view For equestrians of misery, the quest began in mystery By questioning the ministry, the quenching of the thirsty trees Begins with restless nurseries, merciless is merchantry Uncertainty is seemingly feeding the freedom that they see Bursting at the seams of seeds, they seep into the scenery Speaking so uneasily, whilst feasting, wilting will the peace For will they see their wills to plea? Still their silver tongues preceding secrets out of jealousy Melt with me, selfishly full melt be a memory We're meant to be mentally unmitigated motivation Making mountains sink beneath, simply breathe Centuries untold, unfold us Listening from wretched deeps to crunched teeth, aggressive ritual. Those who lose the most get told to roll on over back to sleep. Keep the peace, reaper sweet as tragedy. Sneaking silence into minds alive with tantalizing dreams. Seize the day and free the beat. When praying, try to keep receipts. Never lay where others eat. Let the music wash you clean. Let workers win and sinners weep. Synergy is paramount to why the meek are giving ground. Scream aloud, feed the crowded masses with your sickest sounds. Never lose the mood that muses will allow. Write it down, check the crown till you find yourself and then remember how you came about. Save your doubt for when you're. Voice picks choices of this face and think it out When it's time for stepping down Turn around to see the life you led And if you'd like to take a bow